0: I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. All right, next on the Cascade Hiker podcast, what's your name and where are you from?
1: I'm Heather Legler, and I'm from the First 40 Miles podcast.
0: And I'm her co-host, Josh Legler,
2: and we live in the Portland, Oregon area.
0: Right on. Well, hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about your book, Trail Grazing. I am not much of a cook, (laughs) but uh, I am excited about this book, and that rhymed. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah what, uh, can you guys kind of give a little uh, synopsis on the book here?
1: Yeah. So the whole idea behind the book is we wanted to create recipes that pe- people could take out with them on the trail for just snacking on. And we wanted it to be something better than a Snickers bar or a bag of chips or something. So these are all for the most part, nutrient dense, homemade recipes that you can take with you on a hike. And either backpacking or hiking, it doesn't matter. They're all pretty calorically dense, and um, and they only take minutes. I mean, a lot of them are very quick. And that's the whole point. You want something quick that you can take out with you on the trail.
2: You know, the typical day for a backpacker starts with breakfast and, of course, ends in the evening with dinner. But everything in between usually is just snacking on the trail. You don't necessarily stop for lunch and lay out a spread, and and you just kind of snack along the way as you hike all day. Well, as you do that, you start to get this uh, food fatigue, the same granola bars over and over, uh, the same trail mix, uh, the same tortillas, and, and you just get fatigued after a while, you're trying to eat enough calories, but you just, you're just kind of tired of the food. So trail grazing gives 40 different recipes that are super easy to prepare at home, but give you some variety when you're out there, um, you know, trying to find that food that you're going to eat between breakfast and dinner.
0: Yeah, that's good. And so kind of, kind of going over a couple of the, uh, uh, basically chapters here, um, We've got, uh, so the first one is about the uh, the bars and bites. So uh, kind of go through, like, so, I mean, for me, like I said, somebody that isn't really uh, much of a cook or a baker at that, um, what uh, what does it take to create a recipe?
1: Oh, boy. From scratch or yeah, from the book? Yeah, I mean, that,
0: it, well, yeah, yeah. No, like for you guys to have created these uh, recipes.
1: Right. So there was a lot of product testing. We made a lot of failed batches. Um, but I knew that I wanted certain types of bars and, you know, other snacks in the book. And so I would start out and say, okay, I want just a really good chewy bar, but I want it to be fast. I don't want to have to bake it in the oven for 45 minutes. And so oh, it was a lot of oats, a lot of honey, a lot of uh, crisp rice cereal and peanut butter, just things like that. Um And then, you know, we would try for a really crunchy granola bar because we wanted to have a little bit of everything, something that would, um, you know, make everyone happy. Um, And so we would start on the crunchy granola bar and that one had the most failed batches, I would have to say. (laughs) Um, And finally, when we got it, it was like one of the top 10 happiest days of my life. I was so excited that we got a good crunchy granola bar. Um, and then we wanted to use a lot of whole ingredients. And so the fruit and nut bar, we just have, you know, it's similar to a Lara bar. So simple, so, uh, just satisfying. Um, and we also, uh, really wanted to have things that were, I guess, stripped down to their essence. So we didn't want bars or, um, other snacks that had a, a long ingredient list, um, Because that really kind of puts off people, maybe like you, Rudy, (laughs) who are, you know, maybe not so comfortable in the kitchen. So we had really short ingredient lists. And then when you get comfortable with a recipe, then you can jump in and say, ooh, you know what would be really good? I'm going to add some fill in the blank, you know, crystallized ginger or goji berries or whatever you find in the health food store. I'm going to throw that into my bar or into my snack mix. And then that's where the creativity kind of starts. So once you master these really simple recipes, then it can kind of, I guess, build off of that. So that was our goal with the bars was to make them fairly simple and um, ones that you could add to if you wanted to. Well,
0: because they're simple, uh, I also, you know, like you know, I've talked about my kids a lot in the podcast, but my nine-year-old loves to bake. So this would be something, oh, a fun yes. project for her, right?
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah, and we tried to keep the weird ingredients out. Like um, as I was developing bar recipes, I would scour the internet looking for, you know, what's what's something that's like this kind of bar that I like to eat? Like the, the Kind Bar. Have you heard of the Kind Bar? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really popular bar. Um, but all of the recipes that I found online – used uh, brown rice syrup
2: Uh, who has that (laughs) who
1: has that and even if you can find it it's like you know seven or eight dollars for this little tiny jar so I wanted the recipes to be family friendly or budget friendly Um, so I guess the most expensive thing would be the nuts and the honey but there's nothing nothing too weird or too hard to find uh, in terms of ingredients in this book
0: yeah, I'm also noticing that there's a lot of ingredients people already probably have at home, like they don't even need to buy anything extra. And I wanted to point out that you you guys obviously also had a lot of fun naming these. And uh, <laughs> if I was going to make a bar today, I think I would have to make the big batch lunch lady bars. Ah, <laughs> oh,
1: those are good. <laughs> they look those good, ones... and the name
0: alone is awesome.
1: <laughs> they disappear quickly at our house. We make these frequently for school lunches, so <laughs>
0: they're good. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, fruit leather. And this is a, a popular thing for for hiking because it probably lasts a lot longer, you know, than, that you don't have to secure it in packaging and stuff, right?
1: Right. Yeah, this is great. This is one of those old pioneer-type foods where, you know, when the summer's harvest came in, they had all of this extra fruit, and the best way to preserve fruit is by drying it we're lucky nowadays that we have things like blenders that we can puree all the fruit and dehydrators where we can dry it fairly quickly without risk of, uh, you know, little critters getting into it and stuff. But, um, yeah, the fruit leather recipes, we just really wanted to have a good, solid, basic recipe. And truly, fruit leather is and should be idiot-proof. There is no mystery to fruit leather. It is just dried fruit. (laughs) And uh, so that's really how we left it. We didn't do anything, you know, too tricky to it, except we added in some kind of odd ingredients that just would kind of give it that nutritional boost. So one of the recipes is for berry and beet fruit leather. So if you're feeling adventurous, then you can mix in some beets to your fruit leather and... You know, get a little bit of vegetables with your fruit. Um, We also kind of uh, had fun with orange zest or the orange rind, actually incorporating that into fruit leather. Um, I'm looking through this right now. Just kind of, oh, the cucumber lime. That was a really fun one, too, because it's not often that you see cucumber in fruit leather. And even though it's, you know, pretty high in water and not high in calories at all, it just gives a really unique flavor to the fruit leather, kind of a fresh flavor.
0: And then yogurt, too. That's a, that's another cool uh, thing because you can really, uh, as far as yogurt yogurt goes, um, you know, you can put a lot of different flavors in with that.
1: Oh, exactly. And yogurt has a different texture, too. It's more of a chewy, almost taffy-like uh, fruit leather. I really enjoy the yogurt.
0: So how is um, it going, going into the next chapter with the uh, nuts and seeds? Um, is this just helping people come up with some ideas to mix their nuts or what do you, what do you got going on with these recipes?
1: So with these recipes, we have a couple of different things going on. First, um, the very first recipe in there is roasted squash seeds. So our family eats a lot of squash. We love squash and we grew squash over the summer. So we ended up with a lot of these little seeds. And I don't know if people know this, but you can roast any squash seed, so it doesn't just have to be pumpkin seeds at Halloween time when you're done carving your jack-o'-lantern, any squash that you open, you can roast the seeds. And of course, most people just stick them in the oven for, I don't know, an hour or something, and then they have these seeds. We discovered that you can actually microwave the seeds. It dries them out and makes them perfectly crispy. So you have this ultimately healthy snack, just amazing, crispy, And um, just this perfect snack that you probably have thrown away a million times as you've cut up your squash or whatever, but you can actually do something with it and it's really fast and easy.
2: And so it takes about two minutes instead of an hour.
1: Yeah, it's great. I love that. I love that recipe. Um, The next few recipes are different kinds of nuts with different spices. And the way that we... um, I guess the way that we did this next section is we matched up a nut with some kind of flavoring and then used honey as a way to make the flavoring stick. And then you microwave it and the honey caramelizes and creates this crusty, crunchy coating on the outside of the nut, which is, for uh, lack of a better word, addictive. It's amazing. (laughs) We just we love that. Uh, Love those. And then um, the black bean nuts is really kind of an interesting one because, of course, black beans aren't nuts. They're beans. And so in, these, uh, in this recipe, you make it in the oven and you're actually dehydrating or drying out the nuts, which goes pretty quickly. It's about 45 minutes to dry them out. Um, then you just pour a little bit of oil and salt on them and they taste like nuts. It's, it's kind of cool. And then you're getting the protein and the fiber along with it.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's that's something I didn't know. And and as you're talking about these recipes, I'm kind of sensing something that uh, uh, I would imagine a lot of people do when they pick up your book is that that these are something that can uh, get my kids even more excited about going hiking. Because if they're making their own snack for hiking, then when they get out on the trail, they're going to be excited when we bust out that bag of, uh, you know, like the next section oh, yeah. jerky. You know, I know my kids like to have jerky on the yes. trail. So make your own. And then, you know, go on there. So talk a little bit about uh, about some of these jerkies. I mean, you got Thanksgiving turkey jerky.
1: Oh, we got some crazy ones in here. The idea behind the jerkies were to – or was to um, incorporate other ingredients besides just meat. Our family has kind of tried to uh, – I guess, reduce our meat intake for a lot of reasons. And so with the jerky, we still love jerky when we're out backpacking, but we wanted to have some other things in there too. So yeah, the the Thanksgiving jerky incorporates some unique flavors in there. I'm See, I'm going to find it here. Yeah, so there's dried cranberries, sunflower seeds in there, some poultry seasoning. Um, yeah, so it just kind of gives your, your jerky a little bit different texture and some kind of surprising flavors. Um, But the very first recipe in this section is the beef and veggie jerky. And this includes spinach and onions, bell peppers, tomatoes, um, some honey, and then that liquid smoke, which is the magic sauce for jerky. That's what makes it so great. Uh, But So you're not just eating meat. You have the fiber in there and you have some vitamins and minerals. And it's almost like you have this well-rounded meal right
0: there. And then and then you guys kind of move on, too, to like a vegan, gluten-free pepperoni.
1: Yeah, and this is just something I thought would be fun to do uh, because pepperoni is kind of a staple on the trail for a lot of people. It's a processed meat. Um, but if you're trying to healthify your time on the trail and include a little more fruits and vegetables and maybe a little less processed stuff, this is a really great way to go because it gives you that pepperoni flavor, you can still put it in your tortillas with mustard or whatever, um, but it's vegan and gluten-free.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a few more sections here. So we got chips and crackers, and, I mean, I, I guess I never even really thought about making those at home. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah the, um, the idea of making crackers in the microwave, I think, is one of the most revolutionary uh Ideas in this book, and it's the one <laughs> that I was so excited about when I nailed it and got it to work, and then I was able to you know do it over and over, and <laughs> it was successful. Because um, I want other people to have success too. I I really want these recipes to be something someone can open up any page in the book and say, I'm going to do this for my next hike, and they won't be left with a pile of disappointment or you know that it'll be <laughs> something that they'll actually enjoy on the trail. So the flax crackers. It's a very basic recipe, but it's one that you can have 100% success with. And it's just ground flaxseed, water, and salt. And you spread out this mixture after it's kind of had a few minutes to, you know, set up, gel a little bit. And you put it on some parchment paper, and then you put it in the microwave. And you let it kind of dry out or cook a little bit in the microwave. And then you're able to cut it up and um, kind of... Separate the crackers a little bit and do one more round, and they come out of the microwave crispy and tasting like crackers. It's incredible. It's a really fun, um, it's a fun replacement for things like triscuits or wheat fins that you're probably used to, uh, things that have a lot of oil. This recipe has no oil in it. Um, so it's just a less processed version of something that we usually bring on the trail.
0: Yeah, and you're able to make it at home too, which just adds, like I said, a lot more fun to it. Um, right. So then you got uh, some muffins, and man, <laughs> who doesn't like a muffin? I I, I tell you, I, I this, <laughs> the thing about this book is that it's not only um, has some cool recipes and, and just looks like a lot of fun to do, but it also it's given me ideas of stuff to actually bring on the trail. Like, man, I I, I guess I've never brought muffins on the trail, and that sounds so amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. And actually, if you want to make sure that your muffins don't get squished, uh, I think six of them will fit inside of a Pringles can. Uh So you can stack them in there. And then when you're done eating your muffins, you can just use your Pringles can as a trash can. Uh, But yeah, muffins are great. They're portable food. I love that.
0: So, uh, Josh, are you are you the guy that makes all the muffins in the house? (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, I'm really a nuts guy. So I go back over and over to the
2: nuts chapter. And those are the, the ones that I love. And then maybe my second favorite chapter is the, uh, the, the uh, whole food jerkies. I love that idea of combining uh, meat in a jerky with vegetables and fruits.
0: Uh, but once in a while, I do make muffins. <laughs> 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 nice well cool well i just wanted to, i know we didn't cover everything and and that kind of leads it up to folks to go over and uh to the first 40 miles.com and that's 40 the number 40 not spelled out and uh you know that's uh it's a cool book and i mean you guys have a ton of other books there too i know we talked uh before about uh, your your children's book too that that was amazing my kids loved it and so i just encourage people to go over there and check out the book And did you guys have any final thoughts on trail grazing?
1: I think we've said it all. There are so many recipes in there that are accessible. They're a step above what you're going to get in a grocery store in terms of nutritional density and flavor. And you'll just be so happy when you go out on the trail with something that you've created at home.
0: And on top of it all, they're so quick and easy to make. Well, right on, guys. Well, thanks again for coming on the Cascade Hiker podcast. Thanks, Rudy. Thanks. This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at com. I'm a country boy with a soft side. The heart wanders up north to the hillside. And I've never met anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Getson. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes, Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more.